Hey y'all, uh, today uh, I want to think about uh, this claim that the Bible has no inherent meaning or no inherent uh, authority uh, in and of itself. Uh, I, I want to really um, also just, just begin thinking about how we uh, think critically about claims we hear on social media. So this particular claim comes from a man named Dan McClellan. Uh, he is popular on TikTok uh, and he takes it upon himself to really be critical of others. Most of his videos um, are filled with uh, assertions, uh, not arguments. Um, and uh, as he uh, addresses things that he sees, uh, as he stitches all the videos that he stitches, he is very critical of uh, Christianity, um, especially uh, traditional uh, conservative uh, Christian belief and practice. Uh, and he's very, very critical uh, of those who are also uh, opposed to the morals contained within the LGBTQIA plus movement, the, the pride movement of our day. Um, so um, that being said, I want to be very careful again uh, not to approach evaluation or critical thinking in an ad hominem manner. Uh, we are to think critically. Uh, we are not to relate critically, right? Um, I think that uh, anytime we are evaluating anything, uh, we are always in great danger of just trying to be right um, or uh, in our uh, critical nature, um, just trying to uh, gain followers or cause a stir or whatever. We're not actually interested in edifying others or building others up. Um, that being said, I, I really hope um, that, uh, that my goal, um, I think my goal is, uh, to ultimately be edifying, to ultimately build others up, uh, to be an encouragement to others, uh, rather than tearing others down. Uh, I think that's a really, really important motivation as we approach any subject and especially as we approach any, uh, critical thought or evaluation of any content. Uh, that being said, I want to look here at what Dan claims, uh, because it is representative of what more people think than only him. Um, and uh, it, is, it is a claim that has been made um, in centuries past, too. And this, this is not a unique claim. It's not a claim that only I have addressed. It's not new to our time. Um, it has been addressed in the past. Um, so uh, it's important for us to just just know that going into this. And let's hear uh, the claims here. Uh, let's see what he tries to do with the Bible. And uh, let's, let's think about it together. Hey, everybody. Just like the Bible has no inherent meaning, it also has no inherent authority. Both of them. All right. Uh, so the, the initial claim here, the Bible has no inherent meaning and the Bible has no inherent authority. Uh, he is assuming that the Bible has no inherent meaning. Uh, there are a couple problems with that statement, just as a blanket statement. There may be a lot more going on in his head. In fact, I, I assume that there's a lot more going on in his in his head, in his in his brain, in his thoughts uh, than he is able to share in one single TikTok video. Um, but just as a blanket statement, to say that anything has no inherent meaning. Um, is a nonsensical claim. It is an absurd claim. Here it is just an assertion. He offers no evidence to show that the Bible has no inherent meaning. Um, but when we think about inherent meaning, um, we have to know that the Bible was written, right? 
Um, in fact, it is uh, a collection of documents written down by people uh, who are thinking people, at least who were thinking people, right? Uh, if they were thinking people and they were writing something down for others to consume, then they have an intention uh, that they uh, that they uh, will that they that they have in mind. They they want something to come of the text. They want to accomplish something by writing whatever it is they write. And in that intention, we find inherent meaning, uh, which is why we interpret the Bible the way that we do historically and grammatically, because ultimately we want to discover what the author's intentions were at the time of writing, because there's inherent meaning in the intentions of an author. So I could take Dan McClellan here as an example, right? Uh, He has made a video. Um, I could make the assertion that his video has no inherent meaning uh, whatsoever, uh, and especially no inherent authority whatsoever. Um, But my assertion would be nonsensical because Dan uh, has developed content, he has recorded a video, he has published that video very publicly uh, and in a very critical way, And in his intention, there is inherent meaning in what he is saying. The meaning in what he is saying has to do with his claim that the Bible has no inherent meaning. Now, if Dan's video has inherent meaning, he believes himself to have inherent meaning because he has intention in the content that he develops. But then he is claiming that content that other people have developed by their own intentions has no inherent meaning. He is elevating himself above all other people who ever lived in history, assuming that he is more intelligent than all other people who ever lived in history, and assuming that his words and his content carries the inherent meaning of his intention, but but no one else's words, especially of history, No one else's words carry the inherent meaning that they intended for the text. And so just as a claim, as a blanket statement, to say that anything, any statement made, any content developed by any person in the past has no inherent meaning, it's actually nonsensical. Um, And so the Bible, content developed by authors throughout history, it does have inherent meaning. Our objective, then, when reading the Bible, is to discover what is that inherent meaning. What were the intentions of the authors? And this is the question we ask when we read any document, even if we don't treat the Bible any differently than we do any other text of literature or any TikTok video. We ask this question, what were the author's intentions, right? Um, When it comes to inherent authority, um, especially the Old Testament, uh, right? It was, it was a law for an entire nation, uh, and the intention was for that to be taken as law for an entire nation. The nation of Israel, uh, especially in the generation of Moses and in the administration of Moses following Moses' generation. So uh, there's that inherent authority. Um, in the New Testament, uh, when Jesus claims to be king, right? Uh, There's intention there. There's meaning there. When Jesus claims to be king, the king who will sit on David's throne, the king who will reign forever. And when the other New Testament authors claim that Jesus is that king who will reign forever and tell the story of Jesus's uh, coronation in 
Jerusalem and how his word is going about the earth, claiming he is king, he is reigning. His, there will be no end to the increase of his government or of peace. Um, they're claiming inherent meaning that the text, the words of Jesus, carry an authority higher than any other authority. So when we look at the intentions of the authors, the meaning of the text, those who wrote the text, um, we are meant to receive the claim that the words within this text are more authoritative than any other document ever produced because of because of the king who has put his stamp of approval, his seal upon this text, this collection of documents. Jesus spoke this way about the Old Testament scriptures, and the New Testament affirms that the, the words and teachings of Jesus, which are repeated in the New Testament books of scripture, carry such an authority. And so if there is, if Jesus is king, if uh, the text carries this meaning, a testimony about who Jesus is, what God has been doing, and has this inherent meaning, and we read the book and we believe the book that Jesus has all authority, uh, then we also believe that this collection of documents is the highest authority that is given to humankind. Now, um, well, let's continue the video, and then I'll, then I'll address some of the other ideas that uh, Dan McClellan uh, mentions here. Those things can only be negotiated and assigned based on agreement among people. All right, so here he gets into like a, a type of a like social constructivism. Um, there may be some validity uh, to the social constructs um, we refer to as um, morality, or let me rephrase that, when we refer to things like morality as a social construct, um, because we do, as a society, it doesn't always look like people getting together and agreeing upon something, but as different societies around the world, we do have certain values that are based on social interaction, social conversations. Um, but um, more and more, uh, we see the uh, division of society. Uh, and more and more, uh, we see uh, people wanting to argue uh, against other people, even within their own societies, right? So when it comes to social construction, uh, what we see more, just as a matter of the nature of man, and we see it on TikTok, we see it in videos like this, um, it's becoming more and more popular to dissent. Uh, and so having a community come together and all just agree that there's this one certain moral standard, I, I don't actually know that that's happened in history. Uh, I seem to see a, a lot more controversy and a lot more infighting when people try to get together to see that. So, so I think this claim, this assertion from Dan McClellan uh, just just goes against the uh, the commonsensical evidence, uh, the way that we observe the world and the way that the world is. And the way we're interacting on social media, interacting on TikTok, is actually uh, evidence exactly opposed to what Dan McClellan is saying. What Dan is doing is actually evidence uh, directly opposed to the truth claim he is making here. Uh, when we tried to socially construct anything, most of the time the result is uh, division and infighting and war. If we actually could socially construct any system of morality as a human race or as a single community, uh, we would expect to see uh, a little more uh, unity, uh, uniformity, and 
and probably peace as a result of that, but we don't because as people were really, really good at disagreeing with one another. Uh, we're also really, really good at starting fights. Uh, we're really, really good at making wars. We're really, really good at just being critical of others, which is more like what we see in Dan's uh, videos, uh, all of them, not just this one, right? Uh, and someone who is always just hypercritical of others actually ends up working against himself and uh, more likely pushing people away unless those people already think like he does. So this social constructivism, um, I, I don't really buy that that's actually a possibility, um, especially not a plausibility. So if enough people get together and decide they want X to be a sin or Y not to be a sin, it's not incredibly difficult to negotiate that into the text and then leverage the text as the authority. This is... Uh, now there's uh, actually a lot of truth in that right there. So even though I don't think social constructivism is actually like a thing, um, we can um, because our brains are very powerful computers, right? Um, we, we can actually um, become convinced, uh, be persuaded by someone else or through the philosophizing of our own, own minds, through our own cognition, we can actually become convinced that something is a sin and something is not a sin. And then when we do go to a book like the Bible, which obviously has inherent meaning, right? When we do go to a book like the Bible, we have a tendency to read what we already think into the text. And it's something we refer to as eisegesis, reading something into the text, which is why when you take a basic critical thinking class, right, uh, or a basic literature class, uh, you actually learn how to exegete written text um, to discover the uh, authorial intent rather than imposing your own thoughts upon the text. It's, it's actually something we just learned to do in school. Um, so I, uh, I hope that um, everyone watching this video gets a chance to take a basic critical thinking class, uh, gets a chance to take you know, basic literature classes on the college level. Even if you're not pursuing a degree, those things would be very, very beneficial because they teach us how to read, how to read from beginning to end, consider context, and uh, not impose meaning on the text that isn't there, which is a terrible thing to do. Instead, we, wanna, we want to do our best, try our best to discover authorial intent within the text. What God says, even though ultimately the authority is based on the agreement between the people. This is why uh, the earliest Christians believed that eating blood and charging interest were sinful. Very few Christians... Um, no. The earliest Christians believed that eating blood and charging interest were sin... Well, and the earliest Christians didn't even believe that eating blood and charging interest were considered evil. That was, that was Jews, and they believed that and lived by that because that was in the Jewish law. In the Old Testament, usury was against their law for their state, which carried inherent authority. Uh, eating blood uh, from animals was against the law that was developed for their nation under Moses, which had inherent meaning and inherent authority for them. Uh, so the Jews believed that uh, when the Christian church was born in the first century AD, the Jewish Christians who believed those things because they were Jews, not because they were Christian, they got together and decided that they were not going to hold Christians to that standard. Why? Because the law was written for the Israelites, not for the Gentiles. So the Jewish Christians made a decision. We are going to accept Gentiles. Acts chapter 15. We are going to accept Gentiles 
even though we are not going to restrict them. I, I, I wonder if Dan has actually read the Bible in context and sought to look at the actual authorial intent of the text here um, because uh, that's just false. Um, and he didn't, he didn't fact check it before he said it here believe that anymore. Uh, there is not a syllable of the Bible that describes polygamy or slavery as sinful. Very few Christians would agree that those things are not sinful. To um, a little note about the authorial intent of the law. Um, you can find this in uh, Exodus chapter 20, uh, verse 20, right at the beginning of the law. The Ten Commandments are given. They are a summary of the entire law in, in ten lines, right? Um, and in Exodus chapter 20, verse 20, the intent of the law is actually given. Uh, the intent of the law was not to make people righteous. Uh, the intent of the law was not to describe what was sinful and what was not sinful. Uh, there are moral laws contained within the law as a whole. Yes, but the intent of the law as a whole was not meant to define or describe sin, exactly what sin was. In Romans, Paul reveals that people sinned without the law, before the law was written, during the time of Noah. Um, so the, the law itself doesn't actually describe what sin is and, and isn't. So I'm not sure what Dan's getting at here by uh, trying to insist that um, we think something is a sin that's not described as a sin in the Bible. Um, there are a great many things that are uh, sinful that aren't described in the Bible. That's not the that's not the Bible's goal. It's not the law's goal. Instead, the law's goal was to test the people. Exodus twenty twenty, to test the people, develop a fear of God within the people, and it's through that fear of God uh, that people would then come to not sin. But the law itself is not a testimony uh, about what sin is. It's a testimony about who God is. So uh, once again, we just see that when we don't read to find the uh, intention of the text um, to read things in context uh, that we just that we just get it we just get it wrong right um, so the Bible and the Old Testament doesn't prohibit polygamy right but it prohibits tattoos and we don't think tattoos are wrong in Gentile culture today uh, but generally we believe that having one wife is the is the best way to approach life yes um, that is not because uh, our our ethic demands that we follow uh, the law in order to uh, accomplish moral purity. No, we believe we read the law to know God, and in our relationship with God, we are able to discern uh, what is morally right. So our ethic isn't because the Bible tells me so, right? Our ethic is because God is who He is, and I worship God. How do I live my life in response to who God is. And this is the way Christians generally and historically have approached moral issues. They haven't just said because the Bible says so. No, they look at what the Bible says. Uh, they learn something about God from what the Bible says, and then they formulate arguments as to what may be morally right or wrong and have conversations about that throughout history. It is only in recent history that people have begun making assertions and saying because the Bible says this is wrong, it's wrong, and because the Bible says this is right, it is right. If there is a moral law in the law, it is morally binding. Yes, but not all the laws are moral in nature. Some are civil, some ceremonial, 
um, and we are not bound by those according to the the Bible's own own words. Those are for a nation and a nation under a certain administration as they moved into the land of Canaan. So I'm not exactly sure what Dan is getting at here uh, with this claim. Um, I, I do know that he has now moved from saying the Bible has no inherent meaning uh, to saying that even the things that people agree upon are sins and people's opinions to today have no inherent meaning or authority uh, because they're not actually rooted in the Bible, which means he's now now moved to using the Bible as an authority by which he's judging the statements of modern-day Christians. And uh, that means his own argument here in this video it is it is incoherent, um, and he has made uh, he has gained quite a following um, by uh, responding to stitching um, videos from people who believe in God, people who believe in Christ, but aren't that intelligent, and they're pretty easy to uh, make assertions against to make them sound. Uh, to make them sound stupid, um, but when all we do is look for uh, low-hanging fruit, so to speak, uh, look for easy targets on social media to make them sound dumb, uh, we reveal something about our own character, something about our own nature, and mainly that we're, we're not willing to have a sincere conversation, uh, that uh, we are not interested in edifying society, uh, we're just interested in and tearing belief systems down, deconstructionism. But uh, deconstructionism, um, without without constructing something in return, without being constructive, actually ends up hurting society a lot more than helping. And we actually want to be interested in truth. Anytime we respond, anytime we think critically, anytime we see any any content whatsoever, we want to we want to be interested in building humanity up, uh, not uh, tearing it not tearing it down. Uh, so we shouldn't make up stuff like Dan seems to do, unless he really thinks that has really come to those conclusions, in which case I would wonder what the heck his source is. Um, but we also want to read biblical content in context, uh, according to the intentions of the authors of the text, whether we're reading narrative, law, history, uh, poetry, apocalyptic literature, uh, letters, um, no matter what genre we're reading, uh, we want to know authorial intent. We want to know the actual meaning of the text. Uh, and we want to know um, the degree of authority with which that text um, uh, impacts our lives in a direct way or, or indirect way today. Death. Why, in each case, enough people got together and decided... We need this to be sinful, or we need this not to be sinful. And so they endowed the Bible with the authority based on their own agreement. The Bible's authority is rooted in and goes no further than agreements between people about what the Bible says. And that, um, of course, we've already talked about how that uh, is definitely not true. Um, there is an inherent authority there because it was the law for a nation. Right. Um, but if the claim, and let me challenge everyone watching this video here, uh, if the claim Jesus is king is true, and he taught that not, not one jot or tittle from the law would ever be done away with, then we have a very 
serious conclusion to come to. Okay. We, we either believe that Christ is king and consider the whole of his word, that's Old and New Testaments, right? Consider the whole of his word to be binding upon our lives in some way, okay? Or we do not believe Jesus is king, a, a belief for which if he is king, there are serious, serious consequences, right? We believe he is not king and therefore the Bible does not carry authority. Um, it is Dan's presupposition that Jesus is not king, uh, that God may or may not be real. I don't know exactly where he stands on that, but I can say confidently he believes Jesus is not king. It is his presupposition that Jesus is not king that leads him to say the Bible has no inherent authority, even though that's a nonsensical claim. And it is his uh, pre- disposed critical nature that leads him to assume that the Bible, even though it was written by people with intention, has no inherent meaning. Uh, both claims entirely fallacious, right? Even if we choose to read the Bible like any other document, totally fallacious. Um, but also claims bearing serious, serious consequences, right? Um, if we were to uh, go about our day uh, committing high treason against the United States of America as United States citizens and rejecting the law of the United States as having no inherent meaning or authority, there would be serious consequences to pay. Uh, how much more are the consequences when there is a divine king who has given a divine law and a divine, a divine word to follow? Um, I, I don't know where you are at spiritually. I don't know where you are at mentally or, or, or emotionally. I, I don't know where you are at. What I do know is that every single thought, every single assertion, every single conclusion we come to, especially regarding who God is and what God is doing, the consequences are very, very, very severe. So I implore you to this. I'm resolved. Christ is my king. As for me and my household, we will serve Jesus Christ. That is the decision that we have made. I implore you to consider the context of the Bible. To Strive to read the Bible for what it is, to actually know the Bible and not just hear someone's assertions on TikTok or, or any other social media platform. I implore you to consider these things, to consider Christ, to learn all you can, to put the, the words of the text to the test, to, to come and see that God is good, and that the freedom we can experience in Christ is so much better than gaining any kind of following on social media, more fulfilling, more satisfying when we love Christ for who he is, not what we can get from him, not so maybe our lives can work out, right? But to know that the is not just the most logical choice, but that, but that Christ, who appeals to more than just logic, like 
He desires. He desires to have you with him in such a way that as the increase of his peace and his government increases upon the earth so much that through you in relationship with him, the earth actually becomes a better, more more edifying place than what we see in, in videos like this from guys like Dan McClellan.